Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the Nightline Podcast. If you're interested in cars, car repair, music, fitness, technology, and more, this is the podcast for you. Interested in more of what's going on at Dubai Eye? Go to DubaiEye1038.com and search out our podcasts and blogs. Want to get in touch with me? Nightline at DubaiEye1038.ae. Enjoy the show. Actually, it's a show about home repair and improvement and do-it-yourself. We will fix it. Colin joining us in studio. Yes. Welcome to the show. It's just me tonight. <laughs> it's solo. Are you, are you as scared as I am? <laughs> Why would we be scared? We've, this is, we can do this. Oh, well, I, love Although, I know Dan, Dan is you know, our safety blanket, but he's golfing. He is golfing in Thailand, no less. Yeah. But he sent me a message a couple of days ago to say he was in the middle of the worst thunderstorm ever. And I don't think I've heard from him since, come to think about it. <laughs> so, so all the thunderstorm, golf clubs, yeah. open spaces. You're drawing the same conclusions mm, I am. Yep. But then I remembered that he spends a huge amount of money on golf clubs. So I was thinking, carbon shaft, will that, yeah. will that conduct it, will it not? I don't know. Hmm. I don't think it will. Well, hmm. well, maybe he's near the Merlion, so uh, yeah, then we've got no issues, because that's high. Fingers crossed. Maybe he's okay, maybe not. We'll soon find out, won't we? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's great to have you here, and that means for the next hour, we're going to help solve people's do-it-yourself issues, things that are going on in their homes, apartments, villas, etc., because this is the time of year. In fact, every day is the time of year where something just might not be working exactly as it should be, and you're wondering, what do I do? I'm going to give give someone a call. What do I need to say to them to get them to do the job the way it needs to be done and what to expect when they do and come come and do that job or maybe just do it yourself. Absolutely. And, and that that becomes another option. It's the oddest thing ever, isn't it? As a um, you know, the owner of a maintenance business here. And um the fact that we really like to help people to to do it themselves because yeah. we should be there for those jobs that either are dangerous or uh, alternatively just a bit too involved for for people to do and that's where we're really good value but if people can do it themselves then then it, we really yeah. should be there to help as well and that's what this show's all about it is and you never know you have questions and, and the, no question is too small no it, i always get the issue and this happens at the university students will say oh, i don't want to ask a question because i don't want to sound stupid and i say to them no question is stupid because if you've got the question a hundred other people have that question or in my classes another 25 people have that question and if you ask it they're all going to breathe a sigh of relief going oh now I get the right answers that I need. So ask away. That's what uh, I, I think that should be the motto of what we're, we're, we're saying. Here. I agree. Yes. It's, uh, is it still 4001 that people Ab- can um, absolutely text or, out? Or you can call 04423-1010 and get involved as uh, we go through the evening. And literally, if you're caught in a little bit of traffic, you're going to be thinking about that leak or that squeak or that tile that's doing something odd or that little project that you've got in the back of your mind. This is the program to get involved in. And, of course, Esther is manning the phone line, so she will get you through to the studio and uh, get you prepped and ready to have a conversation with us. It's that simple. So I was thinking as I was driving in this evening about all of the advice I've ever gotten in my life when it comes to doing home repair and improvement things. And I have two thumbs, so I'm the last guy you want doing any home repair and improvement. But that doesn't mean, you know, somehow... Because we're guys, people think, well, you're, you, you know, you can fix anything, or you you can work your way around a, a with a hammer or a measuring tape. And and I was thinking about what's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten when it comes to, you know, doing doing some repairs. 
what, I'm going to let you stew on yours for a second. Or do you, do you know what your best piece of advice you've ever gotten, Colin? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh. Uh, <laughs> off, off my dad, straight yeah. ahead, which is before you start cutting anything. Oh, no. Hold on. That's no, no, mine. I'm not doing, I'm, no, I'm not <laughs> no, doing that one. No. Okay. He says, before you start cutting anything or before you start your project, yeah. think it through. Work through every oh, single okay. step. And it's what we now tell yeah. our bookings managers to do okay. uh, whenever they're taking a booking, which is if you can't imagine every single step in that process that our yeah. guys are going to go through on site to fix it, then you need to be talking to us or, or alternatively the, um, our head technician just to get that level of information. Yeah. So it's really that plan- planning process before you jump in that's really yeah. my key bit of and, advice. And that's that's really important because you sit down to do a project and you haven't thought it all through and then you get your timelines all off and then you've got kids and a party and people coming to visit and you haven't thought that, hold on a second, that yeah. coat of shellac that I've put on the banister is going to take six hours to dry and, oh, we've got a barbecue in two hours. Exactly. It's not a good time to do the shellacking. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And again, that's how um, uh, DIY gets so frustrating, isn't yeah. it? When you don't actually finish the project that you started. So uh, we want to avoid that at all costs, and that's do, really the name of the hour as do well. Do you find you guys over at We Will Fix It getting calls to come and pick up where a project was started and has gone awry? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, or the other one, which is to repair other <laughs> contractors' work, which is, is a massive part of our business. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be, I mean, it's it's a great part of the business, but that's got to be frustrating when the technicians come in and they look at something that has just outright been done wrong and kind of going, who would do this? But we get that daily. You know, yeah. there's so many, um, so many people out there that go, oh, you know, I can do it cheaper. I can do this. I can yeah. do that. And the reality is the reason they can do it cheaper is that the person's never even seen an AC unit before or whatever yeah. it might be. And um, and that's really frustrating because we as an industry have a terrible reputation. You know, the maintenance yeah. industry, especially in Dubai, uh, everybody thinks is full of cowboys, and they're not exactly wrong in some respects. And but, they think um, and they think that the pricing's too high, and that's why they're going with the the cowboy who's going to come in and undercut everything. Yeah. And then you get a job, as you're saying, that is half baked. Oh, it's it's a daily occurrence. Every single day. In fact, I had a really interesting discussion um, only today on British Stars Dubai on Facebook. Okay. Um, great group they've got there. Um, about reconditioned compressors, no less. Um, well, for, for AC for units? For AC units. So your AC blows. Yeah. It's the main compressor, which is basically the main motor that pushes all the gas about. Okay, hold on and a second. Hold on a second. Just for uh, 18 mm. years in the same villa. Going on 19, actually. Yes. Same villa. I've had a number of compressors replaced on my aging AC units would. but I've never ever had anyone want to put in a reconditioned one like they've never even offered to put in a reconditioned one well thank goodness for that because <laughs> it's an absolute joke um, really? There is not There's a good no way to recondition a compressor. It's a fire risk if they do. And the conversation on British Downs Dubai today went, um, I got offered a reconditioned compressor for 600 dirhams with no warranty. Now, that, that compressor should have been 1,700, 1,800 dirhams yeah. um, for, for a new one. But, you know, if somebody says with no warranty you don't really have to ask the question why he's not offering a warranty with it yeah but rebuilt some um, uh, you know rebuilt or whatever compressors just don't touch them please yeah. for your own sanity and you know what's going to happen they're going to put that in they're going to it, i mean it takes a while to put in a compressor as well by the time you cut all the the tubing and yep. then the, the 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 real big challenge as i've because you know being the guy i am i want to watch the guys doing yeah. it so i hang out there with them and if it's in the middle of the summer i'm sweating buckets with the guys doing it wow and 
You're the one. I'm the guy. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the guy who's handing them the tools, you know, right. as they're reaching, because yeah, yeah. typically they need another guy. So I'm there and getting a sense of what they're doing. And the, the worst part of that job, as, as I'm watching them do it, is when they're they're putting the solder on the tubing, and they've got to make sure that they get the bottom of the tube and that it's evenly soldered all the way around. And there's a part where they can't see when they're doing it. Yeah. And it's, you know, these guys obviously do a lot of this, mm. so they're very familiar with what they're doing. But you can see the little bead of sweat beyond the temperature as they're hoping that they've got this done correctly. That's just because you're there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Normally, it's a walk in the park. But then James is watching them with yeah, those and, eyes. And usually I'm asking lots of questions about things. <laughs> Good. You know, I, I'm just curious. Really so. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a little trick with that, because um, basically, if you brush the solder on first before you put the joint in, yeah. then it acts like a like a vacuum to suck it all in there. And, that's um, exactly what they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's that's the way to do that one. Yeah. But, going back to the message here, if someone's offering you a reconditioned anything, especially when we're talking air conditioning units, don't do it. Impressive. No, absolutely not. I mean, the other one is rewound um, fan motors. That's the other one that drives me up the wall. Um, that is a fire risk in your home. And um, there are so many companies. So people are selling rewound. That's 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 a very large um, business here in Dubai. Yeah, and it's it's lethal, absolutely lethal. Um, I really would would beg people not to go forward that route. But again, it's a price thing, isn't it? You can get a rewound uh, fan motor for probably two fifty three hundred dirhams, whereas a a a new replacement. Um, will be around the 1,000 to 1,200 mark. Um, but there are places in the world where they've got the right systems and right processes yeah. where they can repair and rewind fan motors. It's just not Dubai. Yeah. I mean, I guess the big issue becomes the guys doing it by hand. And, exactly. And so then you don't have the correct spacing. It's good for some things, rerail yeah. motors like that, but fan motor? No. Yes, absolutely agree. Hey, you got questions. Why don't you get them to us? This is the DIY show. Colin joining us from We Will Fix It and... We already got some texts coming in. We're going to get to those just in a second. Here's how you can get involved as well. This is the do-it-yourself show, or we could say it's the home repair and improvement show with Colin from We Will Fix It, and everything is on the table here. If you're working on something, you got a question about something that's going on in your home, and you're not sure what is happening from screens to all sorts of crazy things like maybe hinges or tiles, or you're thinking about building something or augmenting something, and you got a question about it get in touch with us it's that simple in fact leonardo's done that right here on the sms line he said outdoor furniture question he wants to know should i use teak oil or not and leonardo's done a good job he's done some research and he says many blogs advise not to use teak oil but different products please advise how to properly maintain garden wooden garden furniture in this region Good question. Good question. And um, Leonardo, I do exactly um, the same kind of process as uh, as you do. I've got quite a lot of wood in my garden. Um, I have a um, teak garden furniture set. Uh, I use teak oil on that. It's now Mm. five years old. That was an Ace Hardware purchase, actually. Totally untreated when I bought it. Uh Um, The first coating that I put on soaked in so quickly that the second coating I put on was uh, only about two months later, I think. And wow. that's when I um, uh, I really got some decent coverage with it. 
important thing to note it is a really good idea to get like a, a couple of rollers instead of painting it on oh roller it on yeah roller it on okay um, because you get a much more uh, consistent finish that way hmm. um and it's much quicker much much quicker um actually i've just done my mother-in-law's as well oh, okay. only only about <laughs> two months ago and and bless her she decided that she wanted to be involved as well so the two of us did it and um, actually we got it done in about an hour we did quite well which considering it's an eight seat and we did all the chairs as well oh. was pretty good going um so in answer to your question leonardo um if it is a teak obviously uh, or alternatively a hardwood then teak oil yes if it's softwood i wouldn't use the teak oil because it just doesn't give enough of a consistent finish really? and it's not consistent of color and normally it's been stained okay so if you were to catch it right at the initial period then um teak oil is is a discussion point um but instead i would actually use a, st- uh, a stain something like a traditional classic yeah. stain saddling's great here uh, there's, there's a lot of variety of stain here which is the yeah. other side of thing i mean it's whether you want something that's got color or something that doesn't i'm i'm impressed with what's available rightly so yeah it's really good um what the the rules with stains are always uh, whatever stain color you go for make it darker than the um than the color that it currently is mm. um otherwise it um, it will get very patchy indeed um because it's designed to soak in so therefore instead of just creating one solid color like a paint would mm. um it creates a variety um if it is lighter but again a really good quality uh, stain is is fantastic and i've just done um actually i did the kids um treehouse with that okay. uh, and it's worked out brilliantly well really so, resistant from the irrigation as well which is fantastic and that was saddling um straight out of um speedex hmm. same issue when you're putting it on using a roller uh well with that one actually i sprayed it okay um and uh, that was more just for fun reasons than anything else <laughs> the amount that i used i probably used about three times as much as i would have done had i rolled it i did actually have to roll some of the areas afterwards so the sensible route james would have been to roll the whole lot but instead i had a great bit of you kit that made sprayer. lots of noise and um, i really enjoyed it it was and great you just covered the walls of you know the the, the gates around now the whole thing was 20 minutes it was unbelievable <laughs> the speed of it i know and that was with five refills Wow. It really did go. Um, wow. But, uh, yeah, Impressive. great stuff. Bosch equipment as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm, I think I need a uh, paint sprayer. You can borrow mine. Uh, okay. I, I think, cleaned it up. I, properly, think so. I think that's the way to go. Paint sprayers are, are just under a piece of kit that people don't realize they really need well when it comes to um if you are using it for either emulsion or uh, alternatively for an oil-based paint um you have to be a lot more careful than you would do with a, a stain that you're using outdoor um if it was me i would probably go for a compressor-based system if you were um, spraying that kind of paint um rather than a stain and um you know this one is a is very much a domestic unit mm. um a high volume low pressure um type yeah. system um but uh, yeah you need to you need to really know what you're doing if you're going to start spraying with oils any tips for the person who has sprayed with oils inside their home and now they've got to clean up off of the tile not that i'm speaking from experience but uh, possibly no, 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 someone sure has come in and sprayed in fact there was a time years ago remember 18 years same place yeah, yeah. and somebody maintenance company they've gone through many of them at this point mm. uh, decided they were going to respray the door frames yes without properly thinking it through i've seen this and there was quite a bit of seepage onto things. 
Any tips on cleanup for that, if someone else has had that misadventure? I've got nothing good to say. You're in a whole world of pain. <laughs> the scenario obviously is, in the first instance, there should always be a double cover. Yeah. So, um, you know, for instance, it, it would normally be uh, something like corrugated underneath yeah. um, with plastic on top with um, two lots of um, tape seams to um, to avoid the issue. Yeah, I know that but was not the case where I was. There might have been yeah. nothing on the side. <laughs> I get the feeling we were kind of past this stage. But once once oil is uh, oil paint is dry uh, at that point you're you're not going to get it off to any that's it. Um, scenario unless you use something extremely aggressive like yeah. a, a paint remover but then the damage on the substrate below there's quite a lot there alternatively it's normally a scraper that you need to go with the sharper the better yeah. uh, keep it as flat as you can to the tiles that it's lifting as much as possible and the main movements forward um, and uh, but yeah you're, you're in a world of pain yeah there we go I mean, I, and I think look looking back at, at that event in, in our household and this is many many years ago I think off the tiles I think I literally used a razor blade yes best T- idea tile yes. by tile and it took an exceedingly long period of time. And of course, that maintenance company no longer was uh, working at our place after that. Uh, I think calling the landlord at three in the morning, cutting off a plane, uh, you know, flying in with two very young children after a 15 hour flight and getting home to that. It was like, yeah, not pleasant. No, no, not <laughs> ideal at all. <laughs> Jay- another, another question's come through uh, asking about slot screws. Uh, and wondering, <clears throat> are they, they don't seem to be that effective, yet everyone seems to be selling them. Why are they sold if they're not that effective? Especially, well, they're great to put in, but try taking them in and out, in and out, in and out. What ends up happening is, you know, the screwdriver slips, you, you know, the purchase on that device starts to degrade next thing you know you've stripped it and you're in a world of pain yeah Um, a large part of this is just history Mm. because they're so simple to make um they're actually one of the oldest forms Ah. of screw that were there okay so you've got this whole legacy that's um that's there and they're about um these days the 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 main job that uh, that these do is wood screws right so big thick wood screws that are there where um the issues that you're talking about about purchase and um um, you know, registration in effect, so the the, the um, yeah, that's, it's so slipping. That's, that's sort of a less you, of an issue. Yeah. So that this becomes so if you're using it for big wood screws, pretty easy. It's those small little ones. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. But you can imagine that um, my dad's got screws that are back from the, the 40s <laughs> and 50s at home, and they're brass. Yeah. You know, and then you put sort of brass together with um, with a, just a, a straight crosshead screw, and you. You're, you, you've got no chance, have you? Yeah. It's, it's really not easy at all. So, yes, they're not great. Totally agree. Um, very, very rarely used these days. Wood screws, quite a lot are still used for hinges, although actually mm. not that many in Dubai, um, bizarrely. They have moved on to a, a to Phillips or, or equivalent on the whole. Which is very nice. I mean, the old Phillips screws, screw heads are, and that's a star-shaped one. Uh, yes. You know, just a great invention. Yeah, apart from um, <laughs> if you're if you use too much torque, if you're using oh, like yeah. a um, like a screwdriver on it, it is very easy to strip those. Yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, exactly. So um, the rules on that one, the the two 
standard things that people do is you've got if you have a multi-speed drill uh, they've got it on two speed instead of one speed so slow it all down do it really really slowly and secondly if you've got a torque setting turn that down as well ah. you can always turn it up again later but you know my um i think mine has like a a, a 30 setting option and i start off at 10 as an absolute okay. max and if i need more than that you can just crank it back up and yeah. away you go again but once you've stripped them then again you're in a bad situation. Yeah, well, trying to get them back out again yeah. is the complete nightmare. And this is what situation. I think this is what, you know, how many homes do you go to and how many folks do you know, I mean, that have had this issue and it's just, you know, you're looking at it and that's when you get out the hammer and just, you know, put that thing in and hope we never have to take it out. <laughs> Oh, man. I thought we agreed when we started this we weren't going to suggest people bodge. Yeah, no, we don't do that. No, we no, we don't do that at all. We get it out no matter what. Yeah, because, that's what we because do, if James. you don't, if you don't. You're just going to face that again at some terrible hour. Something's going to fail, and then you're going to have to try and fix it, and you can't even get the product out. So you, you know, do it correctly to start with. It's it's, simple. it's an absolute requirement. You yeah. know, I hate botches beyond belief, and um, there's no way, there's no way I'd know that it was in there. So even if I, you managed yeah. to get it in, the fact that I would know, there's yeah. just no way I wouldn't sleep. And I think that's the the whole other side. When I'm out buying screws, and I'm, I'm sure everyone is, has been in this situation, I make sure I've got lots of extras because as I'm doing this job and I've you know got the torque wrong or something's gone wrong as I'm trying to put it in or take it out and it's... You know, you can just see that it's getting stripped. That head is just disintegrating. I go, at least I got a spare. Yes. <laughs> and I, I go, I've got the right size screwdriver for this one. And that's the other side. I think a lot of people try to put screws in with the wrong size screwdrivers. You know, hand up here. It's me half the time. And, you know, I think, oh, yeah, I can get this. I'll just put more pressure on it. And then I realize, no, shouldn't have done that. No. No, yeah. you're absolutely right. It's a real pain. So right tool, right, um, uh, right screw as well, and you'll be absolutely fine. Think it through. It's that simple. Call in here from We Will Fix It. We're taking your questions about home repair and improvement and DIY. Get involved. Colin is here from We Will Fix It, and we are fixing stuff and giving you advice, questions, queries, comments. If you've got them, get involved in the program because everyone has questions about things that you're doing around the villa, around the apartment. Maybe you've got some stuff you want to work on in the garden, and you're thinking, I don't know if I should do you know, stone or I should do wood or some plastic and, you know, Give us a call. We'll uh, we'll walk you through potential uh, issues that you might face. But here's a great a great question that's come through, and uh, this is from one of our listeners who was given a hand-me-down circular saw. We were talking about circular saws last week. This we must were. have provoked this question. And the circular saw has no guard. Any idea where I can buy one? So th- so I'm just thinking about this. So typically a circular saw, if you've ever seen these, it is. Uh, a handheld device that kind of looks about the size of... They're normally about, what, 26-ish centimeters? Yeah. I don't know the exact measurement, but it's about it's that, got isn't a, it? got a nice handle with a trigger, and then it's got this blade. And usually, there is a retractable guard. So as you're going into the wood, the guard comes away, and as you're going out of the wood, the guard goes back so that when you put this thing down, you don't cut yourself you don't cut anything uh, that's going to be on the ground it, it it's moving so until it stops this is a danger and i don't know how someone would have a circular saw without a guard but this person has a hand-me-down without a guard you know you've hit the nail on the head there james because the the majority of accidents with circular saws don't happen whilst you're cutting wood yeah. they happen when you've put it down and you think that it stopped and the guard for whatever ever reason isn't there um, so this is the case in point. Now, um, in this situation, 
you really just cannot use that circular saw yeah. without the guard. It's too dangerous. Um, there has to be an element of health and safety in everything yeah. that you're doing. And how would you get the guard off? I mean, you have a circular saw. Can you even imagine how do you take the safety guard off? I think I could do it as a project, <laughs> you know, but then the older ones, like my um, my dad used to have one that worked off a drill, so you plug the drill into it, oh, but that had a guard, yeah, that okay. did have a guard, um, but I could have got that one off much quicker than the modern one, so maybe yeah. this is kind of a previous gen um, type scenario, but... The reality is you either contact the manufacturer for this and try and get the, the right guard for it because there aren't universal guards available in the Middle East. I had a good search, actually, um, uh, quite recently for this kind of thing. Um, and uh, you either do that or, alternatively, it's literally 350 dirhams for a new one. That's, so you um, might be just get a new circular yeah. saw. And they are they are properly lethal if you don't know what yeah. you're doing with a circular saw. Um, I remember having a um, actually one of the first jobs that we did um, back in the day in 2008 um, when we were just setting up the company, where a friend of mine had had his uh, warehouse broken into in Al Kuz, and um, I agreed to go over there and fix it for him at the time. And um, the only way that I could get exactly what I needed out of the door frame was to take a circular saw to it. Um, but I had it set just a little bit deeper than I should have done, and I got the most almighty kick. And once I was sort of three quarters of the way through, it kicked like you wouldn't believe. And I'm over the moon that I've still got my head. Um, but the reason I have still got my head was that guard mm. that when it came out of the wood with the kick, immediately clipped down so that luckily I got within yeah. an inch of my face. But if it had been another inch, believe it or not, I would be safe thanks to that guard. Well, so there's there the go. case in point. So, and 350 dirhams for a circular saw, that's not bad. That's a decent brand as that's well. That is not um, a uh, a Chinese knockoff. Yeah, okay. Uh, there we go. So, possibly time to retire that circular saw. And uh, if you're looking at getting a circular saw, go make sure it has a guard. And there are, these are a, a pretty decent tool, especially if you're going to be doing some, you know, cutting wood. I always, I always say to my wife, it's one of those things... You want to have a belt sander, you want to have a circular saw, you want to have a good uh, drill that's got a, a nice uh, pneumatic feature to it, nice hammer action to it. You're set. If you got those three pieces of kit, you're pretty happy. The lovely thing with a circular saw is because it's quite a, um, a large blade, it's very easy to do straight cuts. Mm. Um, we were talking about jigsaws only Yeah, I like week. a jigsaw too, so maybe put the fourth in. But, yeah, well, but we jigsaws in... are slow going. Yeah, and and you no matter unless you are absolutely fantastic with it, you're not getting a straight straight cut, which means you've yeah. then got to dress it afterwards. And yeah, it, it you're just, always sanding. Yeah, exactly. It just goes on and on. However, I'm going to take you up this week on your belt sander discussion Ooh. because I prefer randoms. Really? Yes, big time. Random yeah. sanders. That's really? my uh, one of my favourites at the moment. Yeah. Um, I uh, I so, bought. Someone's listening right now, going, I have no idea what a random sander is. Let me explain. So. Um, it's basically like a rotary sander, um, but instead of just going in one circular motion, it has kind of a, a randomizing vibration function with uh -huh. it, which means that instead of getting the circular swirls that you get um, when you're sanding, um, it doesn't leave any kind of swirl behind it because it's oh, really? a random direction in which okay. it's actually going whilst rotating. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's got to be great, hasn't it? You know? So I, what, are you, what are you using that for? I use that for, I bought a second-hand um, treehouse from a wonderful gentleman in the lakes. Thank you so much. You were awesome. Um, but he'd let his children paint it 
uh-huh. previously. Um, so there was paint utterly everywhere over this, and I wanted to stain it. So to be able to stain it, I had to get rid of all of the paint that was uh, that was on it at the time, and I did that very quickly thanks to my randomising mm. orbital sander. So do they also go by the name of an orbital sander? Is that what I would... Yeah, yeah although yeah. an orbital sander could well be just the circular yeah, yeah. circular um, sander. Okay. But um, belt sanders, no. Belts are expensive. I like them. I like them. Yeah, but you're old school. I Come just, on, I just like you got on. that big, you know, still yeah. one right through, the Makita right through. Yeah. They're expensive as well, you know. Yeah, but they do the job so well. You need to try a <laughs> random orbital. <laughs> dear, oh dear. <laughs> Come on, people, back me up. Yeah, Colin, by the way, is here from We Will Fix It if you want to get involved. You've got questions. Don't be shy. Uh, this, is, this brings up, as we're talking about sanders, we're talking about saws, just the basic safety equipment someone should have at their home. And, yeah. you know, I was a scoutmaster, so I, and I, I truly believed that those scouts needed to be using power tools and, and, and understanding what was going on. But in order for them to do that, we'd have to have a little bit of a, a safety session. So there are always gloves on hand. There are always glasses or goggles on hand. No one could work in flip-flops. There always had to be full footwear. And, and I was always thinking, you know, we probably should have safety shoes or safety boots on, but that would be a little bit overkill. But what, what, what do you think is the minimum kind of equipment that someone should have at home for safety when they're using these things, even just using a hammer? Yeah, I mean it, it. It all starts off with eyes, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you know the um, the normal scenario and the lowest common do- denominator would be just a pair of um, of safety glasses. Yeah. Personally, I prefer goggles so yeah. that it goes around the side, and especially for instance when you're sanding, um, it's uh, they get sucked. The um, the particles get sucked around the back of um, uh, safety glasses, so that's why um, goggles are the yeah. preferred route. And I like the goggles because they fit over my glasses. Yes, absolutely. Good call. Now, my DIY guys much prefer to have the glasses on, mm. which is really irritating because it, it does it does actually fit. All of my guys are IOSH trained, um, uh, UK Health and Safety um, executive trained, and um, they seem to be quite comfortable with them working on the kind of things that they do with glasses. Mm. Um, I'm personally not, but I kind of had mm. to give them the, that option. I'm surprised the number of people who are doing work at their homes, whether it be putting up pictures or you know hammering in some nails or whatever, who are not wearing any eye protection. And I'm thinking, hold on, think about the hammer that you're using. If that is, you know, you you hit the end of that that nail head, a little bit of that metal breaks off. You never know. You could be the unlucky person, and it's going to find your eye. Yeah. Or absolutely. as you said, sanding stuff coming out. People just. I, I'm, they're rolling the dice. I'm it's not. It's not even expensive, James. No, you're that's talking, the thing. <laughs> you're talking about four dirhams is the yeah. cheapest set of um, safety glasses that are available in Speedex. Four dirhams. And you know the worst part is when you're in those stores, whether it's Speedex or Ace or any, any they're they're always hanging there. Yeah. Like they're right in front of your face, and I and it should be you know I'm going to get another pair of these, just like you're going to get another pair of gloves, and I I just walk watch people walk away, and they they're not even thinking. It's like. Yeah. Safety, folks. Safety. Absolutely. Well, the other thing is respiratory. I always forget about that part. Yeah. See, there's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but um, you've either got dust or you've got chemical, two main uh, main areas. And again, peanuts. You would not yeah. imagine. Less than a dirham for just a dust mask, standard yeah. dust mask. Yeah. And even the chemical masks, which have two filters on them, they're nine dirhams, including the filters. Really? Yeah. 
I used one actually when I was um, when I was doing the the, um, spraying, the spraying. Yeah. yeah. Nine dirhams. Nine dirhams. With the filters included. With the filters included. Well, why wouldn't you be wearing one of those then? Oh, you know, I'm I'm kind of quite a big um a big guy with quite a big face, and I wouldn't say the fit was perfect, but I was so Bye. excited for doing the spraying, yeah. um that I'm not sure I really um I really did every element of uh, protection I, sh- I could but have still. done. But still, but still, yeah. Mm. Ears. There's another one. Earplugs. Well, I always forget about that. I'm a, I'm a big earplug person, so I, I think that's that's another one. Very cheap again. Yeah. See, none of this is expensive, is it? No. It's just a question of having it. It's almost like you need to have it all put together in a little kit. Yeah. So you're buying the stuff, and it's like, hold on, here's another 20 dirhams. You need this kit to go with it. This is the safety kit. Totally agree. Totally agree. And, yeah. and you, literally, you'd be spending 20, 30 dirhams on, on just that basic you know, kit I, of I, what you need. I wonder if our retailers are listening to us, which I know they are. They're thinking, what a great idea. How come we're not selling those things all packaged together so you just pick it up as you're walking out? It's that packaged together, isn't it? Yeah. As soon as you package it, people will buy it. That's a really good idea. Come yeah. on, retailers. Yeah. Great, great yeah. idea. Speedex, guys. Come on. It's, uh, it's the DIY show tip of the day. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. If you want to get involved in the program, it's really simple. You're wondering what you're listening to. This is the do-it-yourself show. Colin joining us from We Will Fix It, wewillfixit.com. Colin joining us from We Will Fix It, wewillfixit.com, and he's taking your questions. I'm, I'm just looking here, and I'm thinking we've got to talk air conditioning, um, but... We've got uh, a couple of texts that have come through, and uh, this one's from KC, <coughs> and um, here's, here's, what, uh, here's the first question that's come through. He says, and this one I don't think is from KC, actually. He says, hi, what are the things to consider when signing an AMC for my villa in a freehold community, trying to find a good contractor at the moment? That's an annual maintenance contract. It is. It's an annual maintenance contract. Actually, something that we've been researching now for the last um, six months before we um, we set up essential maintenance. Yeah. Um, Fortuitous of you guys to do that, by the way. Well, the reason was quite simple. We'd always said, don't sign an AMC. They're a complete rip-off because everything yeah. in the market pretty much was. Um, they give you that great peace of mind, um, but the real problem is the additional things that they include and the things they don't include. For instance, did you know that for most, if not no, we'll stick with most companies <laughs> in Dubai that provide annual maintenance contracts. Um, they will only come out and class an emergency for an AC if every single AC mm. in your property has failed. Not just one, yeah. every single AC. And when is that going to happen? Like, never? We've, we haven't come across that. Yeah. You know, an electrical, only if you have no power in your property. But right. that doesn't happen because unless your uh, the main distribution board has, yeah. has has blown, in which case you're going to need DWA anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just it was just laughable. So these are the things you need to look for. So you need to look at the fine print. The fine print, without a doubt. You know, for us, it's simple. If you, your AC fails and it happens to be 4 a.m. in the morning and you want us to come out, then of course we'll come. That simple. Yeah, I mean, it should be. But this is where um, the concept of essential came yeah. in. It's yeah. essential. We've, we've done 94,500 jobs now, James, and we, we're pretty confident that we know what people That's need impressive. in Dubai. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, and um, actually, interestingly enough, we did 255 AC jobs this week. So, Say um, that. How many did you do this week? 255 <laughs> AC jobs this wow. week. Yeah, I know. It's a crazy figure, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but that was the whole idea of essential. So r- strip it back, give the quality that people want, and just mm. just literally just what they need, which actually is the strap line of the new company. Yeah, just go. what you need. So if we're to take this down again, 
Read the instruct. Read read the what's going on in your contract. Read the contract really, really carefully. People try seems, and get away with all sorts. If it seems too good to be true, it is. Yes. And the additional services as well. That's the other one. Um, so do you really need somebody to come, use your water and your hose to, uh, to wet your driveway? Two of the main companies in Dubai have that within their annual maintenance contract. Somebody will come to do that for you. Why do you need that done? Okay. You don't, but you're paying for it. So why do it? Uh, okay. It's nuts. There we go. All right. So Good luck. Yeah, good luck. That's it. Here's another one that's coming from Fouad saying, Hi, guys. We're trying to find the canvas material to cover the roof of a wooden structure in the garden so we can sit underneath it. Uh, you know, this way it'll block out any sun or occasionally some dropping of rain. Uh, looked everywhere. No luck. Any ideas? You know what these are? These are those like those pagoda things that people are putting up or, you know, that, that nice garden... Uh, like um oh how would you call it I know exactly what what um Fuad means apart from one element which is um the material that I know of um is uh great at blocking out sunlight but it won't probably block all of the rain it will it will have a um uh, a certain amount that comes through um I used to have a role of it but I've done virtually the whole families and my wife's got <laughs> a lot of family here in in Dubai but I bought that uh, from Dragon Mart Dragon ah. Mart actually has a bunch of different quality levels um so uh Fuad, have a have a look at the quality levels uh, try and get something with a decent thickness bear in mind that you can always double it up um use wooden battens on the edge um which gets around the need to stitch assuming that you're folding in half uh, but again it, it depends you still might need to stitch it which will make things a lot more difficult mm. um if it is a um a wider structure but again if you have beams on your structure that's a way of getting around sti- uh, stitching ah, okay. so on the beam you can do separate um separate sections and again use long battens that you screw through to be able to attach it and that way it stops it ripping okay i'm going to put you on the spot here do you remember which part of dragon mart you found this stuff uh, yes, I do. Well, okay, Can here we go. Leave it. Right. Uh, so when you're at the at the top end where um, all of the communications uh, places yes, are, I know exactly where you're talking about. Lovely. Okay. You know you walk through kind of the segue into the next main section. So on your right hand side, I think it's section B. Is it B A? I, I believe that's there. Um, there's a wonderful company, great supply of ours called JZX. That's just on the right hand side there. And if you walk up the back alleyway. Um, area in that section actually sorry no it's called um, it must be FA that um, then uh, there is where there's a whole bunch of them but there's a, a very large section and lots of people that supply exactly the same gear All so right. barter hard and so take a good look but now you know where to go Floyd we've sorted you out it's that simple uh, I hate to say this Colin we've uh, we've run out the clock How? on the show I don't know we're halfway through the notes <laughs> We're not even starting, yeah, yeah. are we, really? You know, you know what? We'll, we'll pick this up uh, where Wonderful. we've left off, and I absolutely appreciate you coming out. If you want to find out more about what's going on over with We Will Fix It, go to wewillfixit.com or 800-FIX. Literally, they can fix anything that's going on in your place. And if they can't, they're going to tell you. They're not going to just say, hey, I think we can do it. Critical, critical. Yeah. And essentialmaintenance.com, of course, for your maintenance contracts as well. There we go. It's that simple. Thank you very much for coming out. Do it all again really soon. Wonderful. Next week. There we go. Bye.